Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. So good to, to be together this morning. Um, yeah, so things are changing. Things are changing, have changed quickly, even in this past week. And before I do start on this morning, I just want to make reference. I know Phil mentioned this in his email. You'll, you'll recognize as you've come in this morning, you'll have been briefed by our welcome team. Uh, just some things which we've changed even this week. There's no more red axes. Uh, you've come in a different door this week. Um, we recognize that there are still many people in our church who are quite vulnerable, um, people who are still at risk. And so we, we still want to, we want to say this, that we are journeying this and stepping this out over the coming weeks. We'll be informing you of any other changes which we're planning to make. Just to make note of, we do still have an area down at the back of church, down at the back corner, which has increased distancing. So if you require extra distancing, we want to say that there's just, we want to create a space for you so that you can be here with us and feel safe in the space as well Um, and any other changes we have coming up over the next while we'll give you plenty of notice and make you aware of it is that all right um yeah i I really feel this morning um worship worship was incredible uh this morning just bringing it being able to worship the lord i i didn't get to hear all of the guys practice this morning and that song the because he lives what a song what an anthem. Because he lives, you can face tomorrow. <laughs> because he lives, all fear is gone. <laughs> Imagine that this could be the, the anthem that we sing and declare over our lives. Because he lives, you can face tomorrow. <laughs> because he lives, all fear is gone. Because he lives, I know, I know, I know. I know he holds my future. <laughs> Life is worth living. Because he lives, song, part of his song is like... It's meant so much to me over my life. Um, it's been a song that's been spoken over me many times. Words have been spoken over me. And for all of us, I just feel that this is important. And even where we go this morning, I feel that there's something that is significant, even around how Claire has led us this morning in the final part of this. And I feel what we want to press into this morning. More than anything, what we need to know this morning is that we have a Father who desires to commune with us. A father who desires to speak with us. A father who desires to help us. A father who desires to journey with us. We are not alone. Imagine these words that Jesus spoke. I don't have them on the screen, right? But imagine these words that Jesus spoke as he gave these words of the Great Commission. He said, go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he said, I know this. Know this. Know this. I am with you. To the very end of the age, I am with you to the very end of the age. Whatever it is you are facing, he is with you. Whatever it is you're going through in life, he is with you. Even as we go through what just feels like normal things, he is with us. And this morning, what I feel the Lord really wants us to hear afresh is that as he desires to journey with us, we have a God that we can commune with, that we can talk with that we can bring everything of ourselves to, that we have a God who wants to journey with you through the highs and the lows. Isn't it incredible to have a God that we can be in relationship with? Isn't it incredible that this faith and this relationship that we have is not a dry and a rigid thing? This is a God who is alive because he lives. 
we can face tomorrow. Isn't that good news? Isn't that incredible? And so as we look at this theme of facing our future, it's because he lives. Because he lives. And, uh, and yeah, this is Phil, obviously, last week um, preached an absolute storm as we began on this around what it is to wait on the Lord waiting on God, looked about the disciples in the upper room, and as they came down, filled with the Holy Spirit, living into everything that God had for them in the future, they recognized that because the Spirit now lived and dwelt within them, they had a God who was present with them. They had a God that they could talk with, that they could commune with, that they could relate with. And this is this morning what I feel more than anything, I'm just going to emphasize over and over and over again, He is with us. He is with us. If we would just turn to him, if we would lean on him, if we would depend on him, if we would talk with him, if we would commune with him, he is with us. He is present by his Holy Spirit. You are not alone. What it is you're journeying and you're going through in your life, you are not alone. And and while there's many things we're saying that we would love to be changing over the next way, one of the things from today onwards, which we are doing as a constant and a definite change is that we're going to be breaking bread and remembering the Lord in communion every Sunday. Okay, we're beginning this again, and that's why you've been encouraged to bring with you, if you have it today, you've been encouraged to bring just your own resources. I was saying to, to Tony and Sonia, I hope the kids had something else because I brought the leftover loaf with me here this morning for their breakfast. I hope the kids had something else. We're just encouraging you over the next number of weeks to bring your own resources. If you haven't, we'll still have space to remember the Lord this morning. We're encouraging you to bring your own, but we are hopeful that in the coming weeks, uh, we'll get a team and things together. We'll be able to start doing this, uh, providing it for you in church. But again, we'll keep you informed about that. As we go through, I better get to my notes before I go completely off topic uh, with where we're going this morning. Um, the idea of communing with God, let me, let me just simply say this. There's lots of understandings and, and different thoughts that we could say. Let me just flick through this. Um, today, by the way, Phil had asked me to speak in this title of More Than Enough. And this is why, I just as we unpack More Than Enough, the reason why God is more than enough is because he is our constant friend. He is our ever-present help. And that's why he is more than enough. The idea of communing, as you look at the idea of a dictionary and the definition of it, so the, the Cambridge Dictionary says this, to commune means to get very close to someone or something by exchanging feelings or thoughts. It's what it means to commune. As I looked up on Google, just another definition of commune, it brought up this one from Wikipedia, and it simply said this, to commune with God means to focus on God, converse, talk, often with profound intensity, intimate communication or rapport, assuring your heart and mind with God in prayer, an interchange or ideas or of ideas or sentiments derived from the French, I'm never going to do this justice in Malargan accent, come on, <laughs> I think is how you pronounce that, um, from the French word come on, meaning common or to share. God's desire is that we would have, love that line, intimate communication, intimate communication, that we could relate to God with such a depth that it's more than just the quick fire prayers or the talk, which is brilliant that we're able to do, but actually there's a depth of communication and relationship with God. God's desire has always been this, and we, even in life groups this week, as we've begun to unpack the Be Still course, one of the things which we looked at, and this was this verse in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord walking 
about in the garden from the opening pages of scripture, we have this understanding that God wanted to walk and to talk with his creation. The, Brian actually said in the video we watched during the week that the, the Hebrew word for, for walking actually meant to walk with pleasure. Imagine this, that God walked with pleasure as he came in the cool of the day. He walked with pleasure with his creation. It was a set-aside time of walking, talking, and listening. It's what it was to commune. And that's why we're just simply asking when it comes to even our rhythms and the significance of what we've looked at over the last while and in the month of January, we're saying, how can we intentionally press into these in such a way that we can commune with God, that we can hear, that we can depend on God, that we can relate with him. That was the idea of walking with pleasure. This is this verse, and ultimately this is the reason why we do everything that we're pressing into. I love this verse from the Song of Solomon. I felt the Lord put it on my heart during the week. Simply these words, I have found the one my soul loves. From the Song of Solomon, these beautiful words, I have found the one my soul loves. I found the one my soul loves. You see, when we recognize that he is everything that we need, when we recognize that he alone satisfies, when we recognize that because he lives, we can go through difficult moments in life, when we recognize these things, then we know that he is more than enough. And it's in this idea of recognizing more than enough. Today, I just want to simply, as we look at and finish by breaking bread and looking at communion, I just want to just look at the idea of three things around communion. Firstly, again, as I've already started to talk about the desire of God to commune with us, and then just before we come to actually break bread this morning, we're going to just simply look at this, the way we commune and what happens as we commune, some of the promises that we see from, from Scripture. And so the desire of God to commune, the very first thing that we see in this, and obviously I've already mentioned this, but there was what we see back in the garden. This was right from the beginning point. God's desire was to commune, was to talk, was to relate with us. He is not a God that is aloof. He is not a God that needs to be distant even in our minds. He is a God that is present by his spirit. He lives in us. And we see from the beginning moments that, as I've already said, he desired just to relate. Even when sin came into the world, this was still God's desire. And so we have pictures, even the likes of what we've just read, Claire was saying in, in the Bible reading plan as we've been reading in Exodus around the tabernacle, you would have read some of the, the imagery around that with the temple. As God's desire, even in these moments, is that it was still to relate, it was still to commune. From the early parts of Scripture, we are simply reminded of this truth. The great longing of God was to have intimate relationship with his friends and with his family. The great longing of God was to have intimate relationship with his friends and with his family. And when it comes to this idea of communion, which we're going to be looking at today, we see this really clearly in the moment that Jesus came and he, uh, he initiated the Lord's Supper. And so we just want to talk about this for about five minutes just before we move in just to some of the next points of this. That it was not just a moment, the Lord's Supper, which we're going to be practicing at the end. It's not just a moment when we just reflect on it, just in something that we do in church. But the whole idea and the principle of this is that through this, Jesus was reminding, of, reminding us of this ultimate truth that God desires to commune with us. The word communion, as we practice communion, is because God desires to commune with us. 
Yes, we're going to be looking at the very end about how it's, it helps us to remind, remind ourselves and to remember what Jesus has done and the price that he has paid on the cross. We're going to be celebrating that. We're going to be giving thanks. But in this moment, each and every time when we commune with God, whether that's through some of the rhythms that you have set aside in your life, maybe the times like even as you're in the Word and in your praying, it could be communal times as we worship and pray, but even when we come to break bread, it's in these moments that God desires to commune with us and God desires us to be a significant moment when significant things change and happen in our lives. Claire just left space at the end. And in this, she was praying that actually that in this moment of deep surrender, that there could be something that is changed and transformed even in our lives. We're going to be believing for this at the very end. We're going to leave space for us as we gather around the table, as we remember what Jesus has done and the price he has paid. We're going to leave space to allow the Holy Spirit just to minister to us into some of those areas and some of the things that we're journeying in our lives. God wants to commune. And this moment of the Last Supper, as Jesus comes and he, he breaks bread with his disciples. This is the night that Jesus is about to be betrayed. This is the beginning of the journey to Calvary. And you can almost imagine, right, I, I was thinking about this during the week. At this moment, Jesus knows, right, that the end, the end is about to come. In terms of he's about to journey towards the cross, you can imagine that in his mind he would almost be preoccupied by those thoughts, wouldn't you? In terms of his humanity and who he was. If you, if you can imagine this for yourself, if you knew that you were about to be crucified, you can imagine the thoughts that would be going through your head. And yet as he begins to celebrate this Passover with his disciples, in Luke's gospel we read these words. Jesus says, I have been very eager or I have longed for to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. It's almost like in Jesus' mind, while everything else lay ahead of him, everything with Calvary and everything with the cross, in Jesus' mind, the thing that was at the front and center of his mind was this moment. <laughs> as they broke bread, as they had Passover, as Jesus elevated it and they had celebrated the Lord's Supper, Jesus was longing for this moment. He was eager for this moment to, the Greek word that we see here for long for is this word, epithumia, which means to lust after or to set your hearts towards. It's while so much was going on with Jesus and that he was thinking about, his mind's focus was about this time with his disciples. And when it came to this idea of the Passover, and this is what I feel for us, you see, they had had Passover so many times. They'd celebrated it, but what Jesus wanted to do was Jesus wanted to take something that was so familiar to them and to elevate it and allow the disciples to experience something brand new with fresh eyes, to see something fresh in it. And today, this is my prayer for us. You know, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes when we come to things like communion, particularly when we think about starting to practice it weekly again, it can just become a thing. It can just become a thing that we do. Perhaps your experience of communion in the past, it's just a thing that we do. We break bread. We have a juice. Yes, we give thanks to the Lord, but it's just a thing. And yet today, this is my prayer, Holy Spirit, with fresh eyes, 
would you help us to see the depth that you have for us even in this moment that each of the weeks as we go to break bread and we begin to do this as a family the significant that this moment actually brings to us I love this quote by Andrew Murray he says it is significant that the final thing that Jesus instituted at his final act before the cross was not a church growth strategy or a worship service outline but a meal Nothing speaks more of closeness, friendship, and companionship than people having a meal together. This was the significant part that we're going to be celebrating weekly. This meal that we have together, the, the, significant, the significance that we see in this, the closeness that Jesus is inviting us into, the intimacy in the moment that Jesus is inviting us into. And in the, as I finish this point before we just move on, what we actually see in the, in the book of Revelation, there's seven churches that are referenced. And there's one church that's, that's called the Church of, of Laodicea. I've spoken on this several times before. And to the church in Laodicea, that's, it seems like to many people, it's, it's got a lot of things that seem to be right. It's a big church. It's got a lot of richness and things about it. In fact, Jesus actually says this about this church. He says, you say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth. And do not need a thing. So much about this church from the physical side, as people look on, it seems to have it all. Structurally, they have all their I's dotted. They have all their T's crossed. And yet this is the church. Listen to this. This is the church that Jesus says they are lukewarm. This is the church that Jesus says is lukewarm. And listen, I feel I want to say this to us as a church, Emmanuel. What can so easily happen, and we needed to be guarded against this ourselves, is that this, there's a danger where it can almost become too corporate rather than actually being about the life of the church. It can become too religious rather than being based on relationship and actually everything that it's meant to be about. And this is why Jesus tells them these words, you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked. Jesus says there's something about you that has just gone so lukewarm. And today as we begin to almost lift back into our front and center of who we are, this celebration of communion. Today this is why Jesus to this church just speaks these words. These words which Jesus gives us an invitation to the church and lay to see. We often use it, I think wrongly, in terms of the context of it, but we use this almost as an evangelistic message. But what Jesus says to this church in Laodicea are these well-known words, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I will commune with them. I will share this meal with them. We will have table fellowship together again. We'll be able to have this depth of relationship and this intimacy. And I feel for us, in terms of as we're returning, it's where Claire was leaning at the end as well, just even in our prayer around worship, I feel that as we are returning out of something, what God desires for us to step into and returning into some of the new things is that there's a fresh intimacy, there's a fresh moment that God has for us as a church. 
There's some of these things that even where we've practiced them in the past and we feel like we've experienced, we know what communion's about. We've done that before. There's something deep that God is about to allow you to encounter and experience him in these moments. Each week, I feel that I want to prophesy and speak that over us as a family. There's fresh depths and there's fresh hunger that God has for us, that God wants to deposit in your life individually, but for our lives collectively in this moment that we could be the church that would come in and would eat with him that we would dine with him afresh. And this is why I'm excited, to be honest, that we get to celebrate communion again together. In, in these words, as we come towards the end of it, I just want to look at two points just very briefly, and then we get to break bread. Firstly, I want to say this. The way we commune is very important. Often as we celebrate the sacrament of communion each week, again, as I said, it can just become something that's dry. The thing that I love about when Jesus celebrated this Passover, Mo, you've been in Israel many times, and Al and you guys as well, like you know the context better than anyone, but when they would have broken bread and they would have had meals and back in those days, it, it wouldn't have been something that always would have felt very rigid or formal or organized. It was very relaxed. It was an intimate moment. What we actually would have known is that they would have reclined together at the table. They would have reclined in this moment. It was something that was relaxed rather than formal. And each time we commune in communion as we come to practice it, or I would say this, each time as you come to commune with God in any of your rhythms, whether that might be reading your Bible, it's times of prayer, whatever it might be, whatever some of the rhythms that you have for you, the first thing I would simply say was this, it should never be about formalities, but it should always be about friendship. This is not something that's rigid or structured just simply just for the sake of structured sake. This is about friendship. Jesus was eager to initiate this reminder with them. This is about friendship that he's invited us into. And the second thing I just want to simply say is this. We can freely come. When it comes to this idea of breaking bread, we can freely come. Now let me just be clear about this. Each as we see in Scripture, there are some directions that are given. So one of the th directions that's given is that it's important that we examine ourselves. We don't treat this lightly. It's important that we don't mistreat or misuse the moment that we're about to celebrate at the end. That being said... I find what can so often happen, and I hear these words, is that we can speak words about other people or we can speak words over our own lives that almost makes it feel like because of what we know of sin in other people's lives or because we know some of the struggles in our lives, we feel that we can't come in this moment, that we can't engage. We don't feel worthy enough. And what I want to simply say this morning is Jesus never wants to stop us from coming to the table. Hear me in this. When we come to practice this moment of communion and each time we meet with God and we commune with him one-on-one, -on -one, Jesus never wants to stop us coming because Jesus knows that in this moment when we come, in this moment as we commune with him, there's something significant that can happen. And the word that Claire spoke at the end is this, that in this moment we can be changed. We can be transformed. 
each time we commune with God, that's why with these rhythms or whatever word you want to use for rhythms, if that's not a word you like, whatever way you want to mention, each time we commune with God, there's something deep that can happen. We can be changed. We can be transformed. This is what the Bible says. We can be transformed from one degree of glory to another. That's God's desire for us. And even in this moment when we come to celebrate communion this morning, this is more than simply just, I think this is one of my points I have on the sheet, but it's more than simply just looking back and reminding ourselves about the cross, which is an amazing thing we want to celebrate. But in this moment, we can be changed as we encounter God because God desires to move us forward as his people. And that this morning we want to leave space for as well. Yes, we want to leave it as a space to give thanks for all that God has done. We want to celebrate Calvary. We want to celebrate the cross and what it means to us. But in this moment, we want to believe that as we commune with God, we can be changed. (laughs) That's his desire for you each and every time you commune, that we can be changed. We can freely come. Two examples of this. And then I'll get the guys up and we'll start this morning just to remember the Lord. In Luke chapter 7, it describes a woman who's simply referenced as a sinful woman. Jesus, we're told in Luke chapter 7, as Jesus has been invited to the home of a Pharisee. They're having a meal. And there's this woman who isn't given a name, just described as a sinful woman. And in this moment, she walks right in to the presence of Jesus. Listen to these words in Luke chapter 7. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. I want to simply say this. Imagine the courage that it took for that woman. She had a desire to get close to Jesus. She had a desire to get up and personal with Jesus. But you can imagine what it was like for her. Everybody knew what this woman was like. Everybody in the village and in the town knew what this woman was about. And you could imagine that as she walked into that home, every eye would have been fixed on her. Some would have been looking at her with lust. Some would have been looking at her with judgment. Others would have been looking at her with hatred. But she walked straight up to the Lord's table where he was sitting, where he was having a dinner. And Jesus didn't stop her. And we're going to see in a little while what happened as a result. Another example is this man, Zacchaeus. In Luke chapter 19, he was the chief tax collector. Everybody in the town and everybody in culture absolutely hated this man. And yet this is the man where we're told this in Luke 19, verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up at him and said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. I must. We would have learned that song growing up. I'm coming to your house for tea. Remember we used to sing that in Sunday school. They wanted to come down. They wanted to commune. They wanted to have fellowship. What we're going to see at the end is actually one of the things, this should never stop us. Whatever struggles that we have in our lives, Jesus doesn't stop us from coming. But it's important that we recognize that as we come in this space, we need to give it the honor and treat it with a holiness that happens in this moment. As Jesus desires us to come, Jesus desires us to come so that we can be changed, as Claire said. 
in this moment, Jesus doesn't want us to come in just as we are and then leave just as we are. Jesus wants us to come in and be totally transformed each and every time we commune with God. That's his heart's desire for us as his children. Isn't that good? Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, I can journey into this. I don't have to do this in my own strength because he lives, he is with me. And as I said, reminding ourselves, the way we commune is just thirdly this. This is more than just simply remembering. We don't want to, not to belittle or to downplay the significance of Calvary. We want to elevate that and everything that's happened on the cross. But this, there should be an expectation of encounter. And I want to say this each time we come to break bread every week. Allow your hearts to come ready. This is a moment of encounter. This is a moment of encounter with God. And Patty, can you and the guys come? Just let's get ready for this. Just We're going to break bread together this morning. Just one final point just to make just before we head into this. If you have anybody get Phyllis emailed, anybody bring any resources with them this week. If you have them, you can get them out. If you're watching with us at home and you have uh, any resources that you want to use just for breaking bread with us this morning. We'd love to encourage you to do that. Um, but let me just simply say this. So what happens in this moment as we commune? What should we expect? Let me just be brief of two or three things, but I'm, I'm just going to jump straight to the last one. In this moment, and this is where I just want to show us just scripturally, even from two examples that we've already looked at. In this moment, as we come to remind ourselves of God's goodness, in this moment, as we give thanks to the Lord for the victory that he has won for us at Calvary, for his body that was broken, for his blood that was shed, for his blood that paid the price for our salvation, we want to give thanks <laughs> We want to rejoice in that moment. And so each time as we come to break bread and each time as we come to do this, it's allowing us to remind ourselves of the great price and the victory that Jesus has won for us. We are on the victorious and the winning side because of this moment that we can look back on. We remind ourselves of that victory, but it's not just a looking back simply to remind ourselves that oh, wasn't it great that that happened, but there's something significant that happens in this moment when we come to break bread. And... Uh, I want to just jump straight to the third point in this. We leave, we leave changed. The woman that we talked about in Luke chapter 7, Jesus says these words to her as she comes. He says, your faith has saved you. She had the boldness to come and to encounter God in this moment. And you can imagine what was going through this woman's mind each and every night. Everything that was happening to her, the men that would have used her, how she would have been abused in so many different ways. You can imagine the pain and the torment and the suffering that this woman had in her life. And yet as she left this moment, listen to the words that the Lord speaks over her life. Go in peace. Imagine what happened in this moment. For the first night, she lay her head on her pillow. She felt peace because she'd encountered God. Today I want to say this to you, that even in this moment, that I feel that for some people there's going to be an encounter of peace. Some things that perhaps you're struggling with. With Zacchaeus, we're told this in Luke 19 verse 8, Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look, 
here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay it back four times the amount. Something changed in his heart and in his mind. And in these moments, we get to encounter the depth of change. And so what I would love for us to do is the guys just start to play this morning just quietly. I, uh, I would love for you just, firstly, let's take a moment just in stillness, can we? This is uh, the practice of communion that we're leaning into each week. Claire, could you actually pass me my loaf of bread here? And my glass, could you? this morning I want I want to do this and before we worship just to close off today's service I want to do this in a couple of different ways firstly this morning I want us to reflect back each time we come to do this it's to remind ourselves of the victory that has been won for us at Calvary how often we forget it how often we go through life without focusing on what has been won for us at Calvary And this morning, we're going to remind ourselves of the price that has been paid. And so what I would love for you to do, if you have bread with you this morning, let me, this is not an advert for Kingsmill or anything, okay? If you have bread or whatever you have this morning, why don't you just break a bit of bread this morning? What this signifies and reminds us is of his body that was broken for us. The life of sacrifice and surrender. And if you don't have emblems with you this morning, I just want you just to remind yourself of this. I would love you to just, for all of us, just even in this moment, just to close our eyes. Let's give thanks to the Lord for his body that was broken. This was for you. This was for you. So let's take and eat of the bread this morning. And if you have any juice with you this morning or whatever you have, let's remind ourselves of his blood that was shed for us, of his blood that was poured out for us. You know what? This morning, I should say this, that just like that woman in Luke chapter 7, if you've never accepted Jesus in your life, and I want to say this, if you're struggling with anything in your life, even as a believer, this morning, this is a chance just to receive his forgiveness afresh. This is, speaks of his blood that has paid the price for our sins this morning. And this morning we get to accept and receive his grace afresh in our lives. This morning we don't need to hold back in this moment. And so let's, with a sense of thankfulness and joy, let's give thanks for the blood that has paid the price for us this morning. just as the guys play quietly this morning, I want to leave space for a couple of minutes because I believe not just to, to preach this or to speak this, but I believe actually that this is God's desire, that as we gather, that as we commune, He desires to see us change and transform. I want to say this, whatever is in your life at the moment, if there's areas of struggle, 
If there are areas of sin this morning and in this space as we commune with God, there's an, there's a chance this morning to to receive freedom from any areas of addiction. This morning in this space, there's an opportunity to receive healing for anything that you need. This morning in this moment of encounter, as we gather as the people of God in this moment of thankfulness, as we commune with Him, there's a moment where we can be changed. This morning, I feel that even over our minds, that even as the words that Jesus spoke to this woman, there's an opportunity this morning to go in peace. This morning to receive a fresh. And what I would love for you, whatever it is, I would just love if you feel comfortable no one's watching you. Why don't you hold out your hands this morning and just receive the Lord? Why don't you talk to him about whatever this is? This is a moment to commune. Whatever the areas in your life that you just need the Lord to move in. Whatever you've carried into this moment, you don't need to leave the same way. This is a moment of encounter and change and communion with your Father. And so... For you personally this morning, let's just linger in this space for a minute or two before we worship and we glorify the Lord for his victory in Calvary. Let's just take a moment and Holy Spirit, come and fill this space. Thank you, Jesus, that we are not alone. Thank you that you're with us to the very end of the age. And in this moment, we just pray, God, would you meet with us as we commune with you right now, as we talk with you, God, about some of those areas of difficulty, God, the areas that we need you to move in. God, we just pray, would you change and transform us even in this moment as we encounter you afresh. Thank you, Jesus, that it's by your stripes that we're healed. Thank you for the price that you've paid for us, God. Thank you for the victory that you have won. And thank you that it, your word tells us that it's to the uttermost that Jesus saves. Every part of our being, that this, this is what it speaks of. And so, God, we just invite you, God, and in this moment, we invite you into our lives afresh. God, we just pray, Lord, that this would be a moment of victory, God, over areas, God, that are a struggle, God, for many people. God, over areas, God, that are hard, that are difficult. God, we just pray, Lord, for breakthrough moments in our lives. God, pray in the moments, God, not just in times when we break bread and communion, but God, any time we commune, God, I just pray over our lives a depth of connection with you, our Father. God, that we would just be led into more and more and more moments, God, of just change and transformation. Thank you that it's what you have for us. Thank you for your love. And God, right now, as we worship you, Jesus, we turn our eyes towards you, our risen and our victorious King. And in this moment, we just want to just glorify you for this, the price that you've paid for us. God, for Calvary, we just want to say thank you, God. Thank you for your love for us. Why don't you stand with me just as we close today? We're going to just worship. Patty's going to lead us just for a couple of minutes here, just as we close off. And let's, let's just worship Jesus this morning in a song of victory, can we? We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.